Hello. Uh, this episode of Misfits on Vinyl, uh, we end up talking about some mental health issues, and we talk heavily about self-harm, and uh, 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 I can't say it because of the algorithm, but ending oneself. Um, we want you to know that coming into the episode, it doesn't start until about 40 minutes in that we're going to start on the uh, artist who dealt with these issues, but we wanted to say that if there is anybody out there who is suffering from any sort of uh, uh, stress, trauma, struggles, anything, please find help. Please reach out to any helplines that you can, uh, anybody around you who you think can help. And if you're ever wondering, there is always somebody there for you. There is always people who care about you. And there's a ton of free resources online that we will link below that you can find. Thank you. The remix. The remix. Swaghorn. Metro Boomin, make it boom. Bop. Okay. Hello and welcome to Misfits on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Strykert, and I'm an actor, comedian, and one of your hosts. My name is Aaron. I am an actor and comedian and also one of your hosts. Aaron, you were not a comedian. I'm funnier than you, bitch. Oh, you fucking motherfucker. <laughs> of course you would start with that. I wanted to throw you off. Oh, that threw me off. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. That was a good misdirection. Mm-hmm. So you are a comedian. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of my comedy, I had a JFL showcase last <laughs> night. I fucking killed it. It was unbelievable. Honestly, it was surprising. I was impressed with the amount of jokes that you were able to get away with in your JFL showcase. You were like pro-freedom convoy. Yeah. Uh, talked about your experience in Ottawa. I mean, I did go to Ottawa. You did go to I, Ottawa. I got on really well. You were... I actually went because I like RVs. I thought it was an RV show. And I was like, oh, RVs and trucks? I was like, right up my alley. In all fairness, I think half of the people there thought it was a monster truck rally. Yeah, nice. I think that that was what they were going I really for. like, and like, I do go to bed to the sort of the sound of blaring horns. <laughs> so it was oddly comforting being there, um, and, and I enjoyed my time. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I feel like, you know, people don't give it enough credit for how fucking funny that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I just laugh because they're like interviewing people like, yeah, it's fucking driving me crazy. They're honking their horns <laughs> 24 hours a day. I'm like, yeah, that would also drive, that me, would also fucking drive crazy. me fucking crazy. Yeah. But why did nobody think of this before the rednecks? Well, they were like, the, the red, the, they're like, oh, guys, come on our side. Let me annoy the piss out of you for <laughs> yeah. like three weeks straight. It's literally like water torture. Yeah. Just like w- break away the person slowly. They wouldn't even do that in Guantanamo. Guantanamo, 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 Shmachamano, Bay. They wouldn't even let Harold and Kumar deal with that shit, dude. That is a fucking great movie. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I I haven't either, but I just remember laughing my balls well, off. I remember being in high school, and you know, you you like the marijuanas, and fucking you watch the White Castle, and we went to New York on a school trip, and I was like, <laughs> we gotta go to White Castle. <laughs> it was like one of the only things I wanted to do, in, you know, the greatest city on earth is and, go to a fucking shitty restaurant. How were the burgers? Bad. Yeah. yeah. I so they were sixty nine cents a slider. Um, I bought like a fuckload of them. Also, it was like a real sketchy ass <laughs> white castle. <laughs> there was a lot of homeless people in there. I was very uncomfortable. And my did poor... you buy anyone food? Uh, yeah. Well, I bought 
a bunch for myself and I ate two. And I was like, <laughs> this is disgusting. And I just gave them away to the people in the White Castle. Holy uh, fuck. Dude, that's so funny. I, uh, I okay. I remember when they came out with like the frozen ones that you mm-hmm. could like heat up, and uh, I remember those were gross. But I was also like, what would you expect from a frozen hamburger? Okay, so you couldn't tell where like the meat be- began and like the bun ended. <laughs> like it was all, and the meat was gray. It just melted into one. Yeah, fucking... and then they used like McCrane, McCain's crinkle cut fries, oh, God, and then yeah, which were also they were very soggy. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't a good experience. I personally, I I have a very controversial opinion. I hate French fries. Oh, it really depends on the fry. I think I, I'm not a big fry guy. I'll get I'll get an extra three burgers. Instead you become of a fry. more unlikable every. Second. <laughs> 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 French fries, man. I like French fries. Uh, it depends on though. Like crinkle cut fries, kind of suck. Um, anything that's like. What about waffle cut? No, I'm not a fan of the waffle. I, the smiley fries, though. Smiley fries are fucking good. Yeah, I will say, but, but that, I would say that's more of a tater. Tot. I was gonna say, does that fall in the tater category? I like I like tater tots. Mm, tater tots are okay. I um, I like the dippability of them. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I like just regular taters too. Like I do Mary too. Browns, they're Kay. pretty good. This is a weird one. Okay, but somebody the other day we got asked a question in rehearsal, and mm-hmm. it was like, uh, you know, like one of the get to know you things. It's like, what's your favorite way of eating a potato? Right? Yeah, I, I said baked. I, I like a good baked potato. I do too. I, I like a good baked. I potato. like it when it's twice baked. And then somebody said that their their partner likes to eat raw potatoes. Hmm. That is weird. Yeah. But I, I, I might one-up you. Um, Sarah's grandfather, he eats onions raw like an apple. Wait, what? Yeah. That's like a, pretty fucking gnarly. Like an apple. Like That's metal as shit. He'll fucking chew it like an apple, yeah. Dude, okay, but like what type of onion? Are Wait, we talking like red onion? Red onion. Yellow? Onion. I don't think he... Vidalias? I don't think he, 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 he discriminates. <laughs> he just pops scallions one by one. <laughs> just like fucking... Just, yeah, no, he's a, he's a savage. Yeah, he eats onions raw like, like Shrek. Dude, I uh, I always think about like there was a book that I had to read in in like grade five. Uh, I think it might have been Jacob Tutu. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a TV show too. Yeah, yeah, it was a TV show too. The animation in that was actually cool looking. Uh, but uh, there was like one story where like the bad guy like fucking ate cloves of garlic raw, mm. and I was like, I've done that. Okay, <laughs> that's weird too. I don't know how that's weird. <laughs> raw garlic, not really my thing. Okay, different controversial opinion. If you yeah. go out for dinner with people, and uh-huh. it's a large group, like 30 Kay. people, is it weird to order a beef dip? <laughs> Can we talk about this? No, it's not <laughs> weird to order a beef dip. Kay. But I really, like, I think I need more context because Kay. ordering a beef dip, yes, it's not it's not weird, but the way you probably ordered the beef dip, knowing you, could have been awfully strange. It was not weird. I will say this. Okay, so. You'd be like, can I get the beef of the dippable variety, no, wait, no, waiter? No. I, although, S- sir, every, sir. <laughs> every time I do order, like, any type of Mexican food, I'm like, can I get some quesadillas, please? Ugh. Can I get some tacos? Ugh. Boritos. Not even fucking close. (laughs) (laughs) That would drive me crazy. Tequila. Nachos? (laughs) So Nachos? Nachos. (laughs) Nachos library. The way you say those things feels racist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh... Yeah, <laughs> you, were, you, you just had, you just had a million racist thoughts run through your mind, didn't you? Didn't you, Spencer? I saw them like a like, <laughs> yeah. The pause is worse. You're like, how do I like all the the slurs for Latino people went through your mind? Latinx people, sorry. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! 
that, I, I honestly forgot what I was gonna say, and that's why that it fucking was, pause. It, it was like it was like the start of a Star Wars movie. It all just scrolled right through your right through your mind. But like, if it was once upon up. a time in Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Okay. It's true, I saw it. So, the beef dip. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was after... Okay, so a uh, uh, friend of the show, Kaylee Reggett, her musical Home for the Holidays mm-hmm. premiered. It was also her birthday. So, like, 30 people went out with her afterwards, right? Yeah. We went to OJ's. I was just there quickly. I had a show to get to, So, but I needed to eat. I hadn't fucking mm-hmm. ate the whole day. So, I, I was like, uh, yeah, I'll get the beef dip. I ate the beef dip, like, pretty fucking quickly. Yeah. I was hungry. I had a dip, too, right? Yeah. Nice. Uh, I didn't think it was weird. No. After I left, Siobhan stayed, and everybody was talking about, man, I don't know how he had the confidence to eat a wet sandwich in front of us. <laughs> I'd, never, I'd never eat a wet sandwich See, in front of us. And then I went to Kaylee's wedding um, like a couple of yeah. weeks ago, and people who I did not know were referring to me as the beef dip guy. Mm. See, I never even considered the moisture content of the sandwich. <laughs> that didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> so, it's all that O juice. No, I don't think that. I don't think <laughs> 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 it's like, oh no, here we go again. Uh, <laughs> the O juice. O juice. It's like I'm back at the trucker convoy. O juice. Uh, I mean, O. I mean, I will yes. say this. Yeah, we've stopped talking say about this. Kanye. I will say this. O juice is quite rich. Ooh, nice. That was nice. a clever one. I'm proud of that. I'm it proud is of quite, that. quite rich. Uh, okay, so uh, we got to crack open our beers. Yes, we sure do. We got from our official, non official sponsor of the podcast, Cabin Brewing. Caban. Caban. Uh, we have S.A. Levine. Easy Living, a Patters Beer Belgian style ale. Das gut Beer, ja. I am. Fucking hungover, so this will be really nice. You're a hungover boy. What you get up to last night? Uh, I had a went to a birthday party. My my brother's in laws throw lots of good parties. Nice. Um, and it was Tiffany's uncle's birthday, so we just gambled and drank tequila, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, it was nice. You know what I like about that is that it's your brother's in laws, and you went. Yeah, I hang out with them. I like them. That's, they like that's me. Yeah, really funny. Yeah, we used to hang out all the time. Armando and Priscilla—they're lovely people. Armando and Priscilla. Yeah, yeah, lovely people. Those are pretty cool names, honestly. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a very old school Italian guy. Is she into uh, Elvis? Not really. No, I'm not. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, she's pretty Venezuelan. Everyone there was very Venezuelan. No. We had arepas, which was very Ooh. good. And then they had a, then they had a deep fried version of it. Which wait, what did you have? Arepas. Um, it's like a type of I don't, I don't even know how to describe it without being culturally <laughs> like i want to get it right but it's like a type of dough it's like a corn dough okay and they fry it and then they put like cheese and meat in it and it's fucking delicious Ooh. but they took that and then they deep fried it <laughs> so it's like something that was already fucking delicious got a million times better um so it was really good yeah not good for me though but very good very very good cheers, cheers. bud cheers it, it has been Cheers, Sam, uh, Sam. Almost a month since we recorded. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I guess we should get into it. Uh, we had a wonderful experience <laughs> in Spencer's <laughs> lobby uh, about <laughs> three weeks ago. We had a. They were just hanging out in the lobby for like thirty. Yeah, minutes for some me. reason there wasn't like we had anything to do. Um, yeah, it was like nine in the morning. It was this the- fucking dumbass <laughs> cannot wake up ever for anything. Uh, 
he scheduled two interviews starting at 9 a.m., which isn't even that fucking early. Like, it, like me and Sam have regular jobs. That's like a normal, like, fucking... <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, that's like a normal fight. That's like, oh, that's like a privilege to, to do something at 9 a.m. Fucking Spencer fucking asleep and we called him like 150 <laughs> times and and he said his alarm was just going he slept in like a good 50 minutes the people downstairs could hear my alarm yeah. going off. spencer's alarm was fucking going like crazy so we stood in the lobby for a half an hour and then we dipped because the only thing that i feel bad about is the guest but like ah, oh, whatever that's I, life i feel i feel worse for uh for Forrest that I do red. Yeah. Because I know Forrest sleeps until like noon probably. Yeah. You know, like, so yeah. he like I feel I feel worse for him. It was like six o'clock at night in England. Yeah. You know, like Red was awake. They were he was just finishing his beef day. <laughs> 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 what a callback, Aaron. Oh, man, um, good good job. But no, we were mad I was mad for about thirty minutes and then I forgave Spencer. Yeah, I, in all fairness, in all fairness, in the very first clip that we ever released, yeah. we had determined I am the only person who has ever slept through a terrorist attack. So I don't know if it's that surprising, but I am still deeply ashamed, and I, I felt so fucking bad for, okay. like, we a week. You, we were going to make you sweat it out for a bit, but then I felt bad. I was legitimately like, oh, God, they're going to do the podcast without me. They hate me now. We like, were going we to go radio was, silence, and then I, I couldn't do it. Oh, God. Uh, the the messages that I was getting from Sam, because I was messaging the group, and Sam was just giving me, like, one-word answers, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Well, we, we, had, we had agreed to make you sweat it out, because we were pretty pissed for a bit there. And understandably so. So I am really sorry it about did have, that. It did have a positive outcome because I got to meet Sam's cats. Nice. That was really nice. They were lovely. Um, and I had something I've never had before. It was like a, a good time. Well, I had a good time, <laughs> um, but it was it was, it was grapes covered. In, they were candy grapes. Ooh. Yeah. Was it like Jolly Ranchers? Yeah. Like hard grape. What do you mean? Like hard grapes? But yeah, like regular grapes. Like frozen grapes that then you melt down Jolly Ranchers and roll it into Jolly Rancher and then roll the like warm Jolly Rancher and nerds. Wow. And then when you pop it's like crunchy. Yeah. And then to like even up it up another level, we had a juicy drop pop. We put juicy <laughs> drop pop on the candy grapes. And bear in mind, this is like fucking like 10 in the morning. We're eating these fucking candy grapes. And I honestly almost orgasmed in Sam's kitchen. Holy I was shit. this fucking close. It was so goddamn good. Dude, I I that I, I want to try that now. Yeah, no, it was very good. Also, before I forget about it, we got stickers. Oh, we got stickers. We got stickers. We got, uh, we got uh, 200 of the little records. They're like really mm -hmm. small. They're like about the size of my thumb. And then we got got uh two inch by two inch ones of our new logo mm -hmm. uh so uh if you want a sticker come to a show that i'm at because i always am bringing mm -hmm. them uh, i handed out a fuck ton nice. uh over the past like week at shows like I, okay. I, I i've been plugging it every excuse me every single time i get off stage and uh i hosted tea house two weeks ago and uh that was the day that they came in and every single person that came through was like, I'll grab some stickers. So I got rid of like 50 stickers that Fuck night, yeah. which was fucking, you know, pretty dope, honestly. No, it's cool. We've been steadily growing. We're so close to our final goal, goal of being 
uh, famous. So we're uh, very close. Yeah, we're very close. We're up um, to we are up to uh, around a hundred listeners an episode. Wow. Which across uh, all platforms, which is pretty fucking impressive. I'm I have to say, yeah. I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, and uh, we do have some cool things coming up uh, mm-hmm. in terms of guests. We've got some shit lined up. Uh, we are going to have Red and Faris on at some point. Yes. Uh, because we did all the research for their episodes. We have them all done. Um, we just have to get them on now. Redemption uh, episodes. Redemption episodes. Yes. Red picked, I will say, the worst album mm-hmm. that we have. And It'll I, be a fun one. It's going to be a fun uh, one. Uh, Faris picked a great album. Yes. So I think that like the contrast between the two is mm. going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Also, I guess we should probably explain, we're not doing an album review today. We no. are doing our second recasode. We're going to do a recasode. Because um, we want to shoot the shit. We want to talk about this just stuff. Just because we've been also, Spencer's been very busy. I've been busy. Sam's been busy. So we just wanted, we wanted to do something a little different. So we picked two albums Two today. albums. Um, we're going to start, I'm assuming, with the one that you chose, since it's on uh, the table. We can start with the one that I chose. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a shorter, uh, shorter stuff. So uh, stuff, research. Well, the thing, thing, thing with me is I like to to write a lot for <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Um, all of our, all the episodes that I write tend to run long. But I will say this: uh, it's nice because I feel like I learn a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like here's the thing: if our episode is short, I feel like people learn just as much as if it's long. They just retain like i'm talking like per capita like mm. they probably retain mm. about the same How amount official uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> did, you, did you research this i did mm. I, I i've done extensive studies with our listeners especially all of our fans in sri lanka Ooh, we have fans in sri lanka we have now. fans in sri lanka now. and chile and chile we and are still the number one english-speaking music history podcast in chile Sorry, i was one correction canadian <laughs> No English. Uh, uh, yeah. I thought we were just. I thought there was a Canadian caveat to that. No, nope, there's no Canadian caveat to that. But in Canada, we are in the top twenty on Apple Ooh. podcast charts. So, uh, be sure to make sure that you review us and give yes. us likes and stuff. Because that actually, I found out it's not just listens; it is like actively getting reviews mm. that helps with boosting you in the charts. Interesting. So, if you like us, remove your review, refresh your <laughs> iTunes, and then give us five stars. Again. And if you don't like us. Still leave a review. Yeah. yeah. Tell us that we suck. I, I would actually prefer it that way. I, I would also, because uh, I, I feel like I need to be humbled frequently, <laughs> uh, and I don't get it enough with the hatred I get from everyone around me. So, uh, okay, so the first album that we are going to be uh, recommending this week is Matt Anderson's House to House. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a really interesting album. Uh, it's the first blues album that we've done on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got gospel elements to it, which I think is really uh, interesting and well done. Uh, it's his ninth studio album, but his first solo acoustic album. Nice. Uh, it was released March 4th of 2022 uh, through Sonic Records. It was produced by him, and it was engineered by singer-songwriter Chris Kirby, who also goes on tour with him and like uh, uh, plays guitar and nice. stuff. He's won a bunch of East Coast Music Awards. Mm-hmm. Um Co-writers on this album, though, this is insane. They had Tara Lightfoot, Dave Gunning, Gordy Sampson, Brega Isabel, Tom Wilson, 
Clayton Bellamy and Colin Linden. Hmm. These are all like some of the best songwriters in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say there's definitely some Canadian names going out there. Gordy, Gordy, Lightfoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Canadian. And 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 so it's crazy that he got all of these people together. Well, also including some uh like some covers of old songs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. M- Mahalia Smith uh, does some vocals on the record. Uh, she does some backing vocals. She was also with him at Folkfest uh, when he did uh, when he headlined the main stage there. Um, and she's previously worked with Joe Plaskett, who I mean I'm pretty sure in Canada we know because he's on. He, he has a bunch of radio hits. He's you know mm-hmm. indie singer songwriter. Um, it was mixed by Juno nominee and eight time East Coast Music Award winner Corey Tetford, mm-hmm. and it was mastered. By Grammy nominee Kim Rosen, who also mastered the uh, previous Bonnie Raitt album that just won oh, nice. at the Grammys. That's cool. So uh, she, like, like the people that were behind the scenes on this album, mm-hmm. pretty fucking primo. Um, okay, so we're going to get into about Matt's, uh, Matt Anderson. I almost said Matt Smith. That's an actor. <laughs> That's not who we're Doctor talking who. about. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. And fucking uh, 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 the Targaryen. Yeah. Damon Targaryen. House of the Dragons is not as good as Game of Thrones. Um, okay, uh, but the Jon Snow <laughs> sequel series yeah. is excellent. Jon Snow takes New York. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a mix between uh, Game of Thrones and Elf. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hints of Sopranos. And then, and then fucking uh, uh, Jon Snow X, and it's him on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's also there's also a little like not to spoil anything. John Snow goes to hell. <laughs> there's a little bit of uh, uh, what is it? Uh, SVU Special Victims <laughs> oh Unit mixed in there as well. Jesus but we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil anything. But very very Game of Thrones. Of yeah, them. it's very Game of Thrones esque. <laughs> so just wait. But there's that the, now it's in modern times, so you can't go around raping and pillaging. That's true. Um, <laughs> well, it depends. Yeah, it depends where you live, I guess. If uh, you're a comedian in Los Angeles, you certainly can. <laughs> uh, but everything, all the, all the pillaging is done through Instagram DMs <laughs> <laughs> with minors. I believe that's called sniping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's okay. He's not funny. I wouldn't open for him anyways. <laughs> <laughs> You'd open for Bill Cosby, though. Uh, anyway, anyway. No, anyways, no, back, I would back, not. Back, no, back, I would back, not. Back, 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 it was back. hypothetical. Matt it was Anderson. hypothetical. Matt Anderson from okay. Nova Scotia. Right? Matt Anderson. Uh, he's actually from New Brunswick. Oh, close He enough. was born in uh, Perth and Andover. Mm. Uh, okay, wait. Did you say close enough? Yeah, they're right next to each other. Newfoundland and Prince Edward Island. They're like the same. No, I, n- I never said. <laughs> I said In theory, I'm not wrong. Close enough. They literally are border provinces. Yeah, but Greenland is also close enough. Not really. Like that, you could literally drive from Nova Scotia to New Brunswick. Yeah, but you could also take like a, 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 a like a five hour boat ride to get to Greenland. <laughs> okay, that's not the same thing. You could you could step over the border of New Brunswick and Nova Scotia with your feet. <laughs> yeah, but you could technically do that with mm. Prince Edward Island too. Mm. I I don't know. I looked at his Wikipedia page. I thought he said he was from Nova Scotia. It, uh, uh, New Brunswick. Mm. New Brunswick. Close enough. Uh, his musical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
His uh, his musical career began in 2002 uh, with the New Brunswick New Brunswick mm. band Flat Top. Nice. Uh, he headlines everywhere from clubs, theaters, and festivals, and he also tours with some really big Canadian uh, uh, like heavy hitters: mm. April Wine, Randy Bachman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good, and uh, and Greg Allman. Nice. Um, in 2009, this is something really interesting that I found. He played in over 200 live performances, including his fourth UK tour, and he won two uh, East Coast Music Association awards, Male Solo Artist of the Year and Blues Recording of the Year for uh, something in between. Uh, he also performed on several of Stuart McLean's Vinyl Cafe shows. Rest in peace, Stuart McLean, mm. Canadian comedy goat. Uh, and then in 2010, he won the top prize for dual or individual in the Memphis, Tennessee International Blues Challenge, beating out artists from 11 other countries and five continents. He was the first Canadian to win the event uh, in its 26-year history. Wow. Now, a part of what he won with this uh, was headlining festival gigs in America, France, and Italy, a slot in the legendary Rhythm, Rhythm and Blues Cruises, and a cash award, which I could not find what the actual cash mm. award back then was. Um, and then more honors came in 2011 as he was named the Maple Blues Awards Entertainer of the Year and Acoustic Act of the Year. Nice. So interesting that he this this album is his first acoustic album, but yeah. he won Acoustic Act of the Year. <laughs> Maybe he was doing acoustic shows? Maybe? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm familiar briefly with him. I think I've seen him on YouTube, mm -hmm. um, but... It was the first time actually listening to his music for me. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. His uh, his his one that went really viral was his uh, "I'm on Fire" cover, yeah. and that one it's got like six million views on YouTube, mm -hmm. and it's not good quality video, but he sounds fucking yeah, great. I mean, he has a really killer voice. He has no such doubt. a killer no voice. Um, okay, so two more things in yes. 2014, his album "Waitlist" was a Juno Award nominee for Roots and Traditional Album of the Year. He has amassed over 18 million streams on Spotify and well over 26 million views on YouTube. Mm. Now, last year at Folkfest, this is like maybe the coolest story that yeah, I have I'm with Folkfest. I'm ready. So uh, I went because Kevin Morby, who's one of my favorites, was uh, on the main stage mm -hmm. and Spoon was also on the nice. main stage. So I was like, okay, like I'll go on the Saturday. It's a good time to go, right? And then I went and watched a workshop. Uh, because at Folk Fest, they'll do, like, workshops where each they'll get, like, six or seven songwriters. They'll all sit there. They'll each do two songs. They, like, mm -hmm. rotate through everyone, and mm -hmm. uh, and everybody else joins in, and it's kind nice. of a cool jam session, right? So Matt Anderson was a part of that, and I was like, holy fuck, this guy's good. And then I heard that his uh, solo show had already happened, and I was like, ah, oh, damn it. So I was so bummed about it, right? Yeah. But I loved his shit so much that I went over to the merch tent and bought this record like nice. right away because I was like, I want to listen to more of this dude. He was doing a signing, so I ripped off the uh, uh, plastic, got him to sign it. Mm -hmm. He's a super nice guy, like very, very kind. And then the next day, uh, I ended up getting tickets last minute uh, because as I was walking up and I was going to buy tickets at the gate, somebody was leaving, and they handed me the bracelet, nice. and they were like, yeah, Courtney Barnett canceled, So, and she was supposed to be the headliner that day, so a fuck ton of people were leaving. Uh, so we go in. Siobhan's bummed because Courtney Barnett was like the whole reason she wanted to go to mm -hmm. Folk Fest. And then they announced that Matt Anderson was going to be the headliner. So he was going to be closing out the whole weekend. Nice. He gets on stage. 
Uh, Mahalia is doing backing vocals mm-hmm. for him. Uh, he brings out Trey Brew for a song. It's fucking incredible. He just sits there on on stage mm-hmm. with the electric guitar, does his whole album, absolutely annihilates. Nice. I've never seen the Folk Fest crowd that engaged and captivated by anybody. That's cool. It was so fucking cool. Nice. So ten out of ten for him for like go, for that. Way, that was way to go for stepping up. For stepping up and mm. like and and honestly, it made my weekend so much better because I was like. I got to see him do his solo show. <laughs> see, I have a similar folk fest story where I got given a bracelet as well, and I got to go in, and that's where I first heard the Bahamas, mm. and I saw Passenger, and I saw Alves. Yeah, so it was pretty good. Fucking good shit. Yeah, yeah. good, good shit. Yeah, yeah. All right, now we're just gonna get into the reception, and then we're gonna move on to the second album. Woo. All right, so reception. Uh, Steve Horowitz of Pop Matters gave it a ten, uh, seven out of ten, and said. House to House seems uh, a modest affair. It doesn't seem ambitious as much as the product of a talented musician who just wants to express what's in his heart and mind during these difficult times. And it's the true root of blues and successfully executed here. Mm-hmm. Um, John Apiece of American Highways said, even on slow ballads like Let Me Hold You with a slightly different tonality, Matt maintains a semblance of uh, quiet strength. Usually Anderson's in a blues fast lane, but here he shows another side of his creative endeavors, his ability to interpret lyrics and intimacy and music poignancy uh, is the embodiment of his artistic qualities. Mm. Uh, And then I just have two more here. Uh, uh, Tinnitus named it album of the week upon its release. Mm -hmm. No Depression said Matt Anderson has drawn from the best roots music and uh, has to offer over his decades-long career, down and dirty blues, heart-wrenching soul, life-affirming gospel, and introspective songwriting balladry. And Folk Radio UK said, ultimately, what you have here is the classic acoustic blues template alive and kicking because the source comes from a fundamentally real and dark place. Mm. See, I, like, I was listening to it on the way over, and me and Sam had a good conversation about it he's got a really great voice um you know the there, there's some good songs on the album um for me though in all honesty it was a little one-dimensional mm-hmm. um but i do like i see the value in just his voice yeah, yeah itself like that's the really the calling card is he's got this incredible voice oh yeah yeah like, i could watch him read sing the phone well book. it's it's it, like yeah <laughs> you can watch him <laughs> read sing the phone book read yeah. sing the phone book <laughs> yes um yeah he's got one of those voices uh you know lots of runs and um aaron 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 one four three Three seven I, I nine. I'd probably give it a six and a half out of ten. I know we don't really rate these ones, but I okay. Fucking calm down with the six and a half out of ten on this one. Why? No, because I just like gave a, an honest opinion, bro. Okay, I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. There, it's an eight out of ten now. <laughs> it's an eight out of ten on the fucking album. No, I do agree with you. Like it is, yeah. it is very much like uh, uh, one. Uh, I would say like, and and the first review definitely touched on mm-hmm. that, where it's like there's nothing really here that's like game changing no which know? not every album has to be but he no. ac- he executes it very well he does execute um, it well um and it yeah. and it is very interesting to uh i will say like uh like i'm excited because he's coming back here in april i'm going to see him at the mm-hmm. tube and like i'm excited because like he's one of and, and i actually think apart what sets him apart from uh city and color is that his music live in the jube i think will actually be good be better yeah well i i would certainly i would say just from listening to him he'd be great to see live mm-hmm. no doubt i think he's got 
the the chops to do it live, and he's got a very powerful voice that would probably make your hair stand up on oh, your yeah. sack when you see him live. The one thing I will say is that uh, when it got to uh, what song was it? Uh, oh, people get ready. Mm-hmm. When he did that, he did that at Folk Fest. That was his last song. And you know how there's a chant section part of it at mm-hmm. the end? That part went on way too fucking long. Yeah. It was like, people <laughs> get ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. People get ready. Oh, get ready. People <laughs> get ready. Oh, people now. People <laughs> get ready. Oh, now. People <laughs> get ready. People get ready. I get it. People get ready. People get ready. Anyways, uh, that was very nice, Spencer. Um, House to house, Matt Anderson uh, from New Brunswick. Um, (laughs) That was honestly what it was like. People stopped Uh, chanting along and it kept going. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I got what you were doing there. It was very, you know, I got it. It was meta. Yeah, it was meta. It was very meta. I was just, I was in the moment. Metaphysical. Nice. Like my titties. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nice. All right. Nice. And the second album on our Rexode, uh, this is one that we both know and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. It is Pink Moon by Nick Drake. Nick Drake, Pink Moon. Nick Drake, Pink Moon. Pink uh, Moon. Pink Moon is the third and final studio album by English musician Nick Drake. It was released in the UK by Island Records on the 25th of February, 1972. So yesterday mm-hmm. it was uh, 51 years ago. Yeah. There you go. That's fucking crazy. There you go. Um, okay, so it's a it's a singer like folk singer songwriter album. Yep. Uh, it was the only one of Drake's album to be released in North America during his lifetime, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me because uh, uh, his second album, the one that has Northern Skies yep. on it, that song is super popular mm-hmm. over here. And that got, I mean, that got popular over time. There's like a, this is a similar thing we had with a couple artists. Um, obviously he didn't live very long. He had a short life and he did not really see any success in his lifetime. So he, none of his albums sold more than 5,000 copies when he was alive. Wow. Um, and like his first two albums sold less than 3000 copies. Um, and so he never really had any sort of critical acclaim or, you know, any sort of financial benefit holy shit doing these albums um yeah and we get into it when we talk about it in his life but he died thinking he failed as a musician yeah which is crazy that is insane yeah yeah it's really sad actually that's super fucking sad yeah yeah. uh it was released two years before his death Mm -hmm. in november of 74 and he died at the age of 26 the lyrical content of pick noon has often been attributed to uh his ongoing battle with depression Mm mm-hmm so what's fucking super crazy is that uh, uh, he's in he's in uh, a similar vein to Mac Miller, like mm-hmm. twenty six depression, no. fucking uh, like a, a lot could have been done mm-hmm. because I feel like both of them were really finding their fucking stride yeah. at the time that they uh, ended up passing away. Um, the songs are shorter than on his previous albums, with a total running time of just over twenty eight minutes. Mm-hmm. So. Still longer than my first two comedy albums. <laughs> there you go, sorry. No, nothing important. My phone was just beeping off like a maniac. <laughs> I thought it was something serious. I apologize. No, it was just an Amber Alert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
fucking Amber needs to quit yeah, texting Yeah, I know. Me. Oh. I know. Dude, fucking, <laughs> like, put a GPS tracker on her. Jesus. <laughs> I wish people would really quit using this technology to talk about their fucking dogs, okay? Uh, uh, all right. Pink Moon, uh, like Drake's previous studio albums, did not sell well, like we mm-hmm. talked about, uh, and its stripped-back, intimate sound received a mixed response from critics. However, the album has since garnered significant critical acclaim over time. Now, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think, because we, we have this question oftentimes when it comes to musicians that pass away, mm-hmm. or artists, do you think that it gained significance acclaim over time because his music got more popular and then people saw the significance of it, or is it because, like the romanticizing idea of his lyrical content. I'd say it's a bit of both, um, but he's a bit of a different than some of the other artists because he was like very mysterious. Mm. There, like there's no actually recorded footage of Nick Drake as an adult. Really? Yeah. There's no, in, there's one interview, um, like no recording, live recordings or anything like that. He kept very much so to himself. So he has this little, which I talk about in, about his life a bit too, but he's, kind of this mysterious figure as well and i think one thing with this album i find interesting even it's a little different than his other stuff it sounds like a modern folk album Mm -hmm. um it you know so i think with time it also probably aged much better than um some of the other folk music at the time well and it's funny because you're right it doesn't sound like something that came out in the 70s no like like obviously you can hear some of the like uh, like uh, Based on what they were recording with, yeah. you can kind of date it, but in terms of tonally, yeah, the tone and the tone of his voice, yeah, and the, the and style also of the guitar way that he playing, sings, yeah, the the way that he sings and what mm-hmm. he inflects is so different than than like, anything else that was happening at the time. Yeah, so this is when I actually discovered Nick Drake. I had um, it was one of those like Spotify discovery playlists, mm-hmm. and um, it was. I can't remember what song came on uh, the playlist, but I started listening to it. It was off of Pink Moon, and I started listening to it, and I was like, oh, like, this is, like, this is, like I wonder if this guy's, like, like if he's got other albums he's making. So I went and looked at his thing. It's like, fucking 1972? I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I thought it was a modern singer. I honestly thought it was a modern singer, because it was paired up with, like, Bonnie Iver's shit and yeah, whatnot, yeah. like, all, like, modern singers. So, yeah, it was really Which is super funny, because he had an influence on a lot of the singers who we both love, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and he... Um, I touch on that later on too, but you know, go out of order doesn't really matter. But he's been noted as um, influencing a lot of the big artists in the '80s. So Kate Bush took influence from Nick yeah. Drake, uh, REM, The Cure. There's a bunch of other. Uh, Which band- it's funny because I can definitely notice it with The Cure because mm-hmm. of the, and and REM as well with their uh, cadence with yep. their singing. Specifically that uh, Kate Bush, I can definitely see it in the songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Black Crows is another one as well that took a lot of inspiration from Nick Drake. So he's, I think it's a... What about the White Ravens? Uh, I don't know. About them. <laughs> <laughs> it's always black and white with you, isn't it? No, uh, sometimes it's blue pigeons. <laughs> sometimes it's a red thrush, okay? Anywho. Have you ever um, seen a purple swallow? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Bernie sucks good. <laughs> Sorry. 
I apologize. Uh, it was just like on a it was on a tee there, and I uh, I had no, to hit. That was so good. That uh, was that was really good. Anyways, so I that think was a golden eagle. To answer your question, I think he's a bit of a more of a unique case. Um, I talked about this recently actually with one of my coworkers too. It's I think it's I I don't think there's it can be black and white with any artist that, that dies early. I think it's a bit of both. Um, because it all seems that the ones that have died early have had a significant impact. Mm-hmm. Um, in most cases, um, they've had some sort of impact on the, the music genre. I think modern times is a little different because a lot of like now it's a lot of hip hop artists die young. Yeah. And it really depends on what they're doing, whether or not they're really changing the game or not. I think they, a lot of hip hop artists gain a lot of clout when they do pass away um, yeah. their music is listened to way more. They start to, I mean, more now than ever that people are releasing like unfinished songs well ominously and, and yeah. i think too there's like there's something about uh you know specifically we're seeing it with like the the trap rap and like the mm-hmm. the soundcloud rapper type thing where it's like they uh I, i've been digging deep into it lately i've been trying to get into it so that we can review some soundcloud <laughs> rappers and and trap rappers yeah. uh because i know that you're a fan of uh, a lot of that music but what i've noticed is that the trend seems to be one really big song yeah and then uh steady like steady like decline mm-hmm. for like the next three songs or their album whichever one they do yeah. and then it's like died mm. you know what i mean I, I think it really depends like i mean i think there's a couple of the artists that have had you know did do some things that are a bit differently i mean i really like pop smoke and pop smoke only had one album out and you know he passed away he passed away like fucking 21 years old and he was doing something a little different uh, mm-hmm. i mean triple x is another one not everyone loves xxx tentacion because he kind of was a piece of shit mm-hmm. uh but i mean he was doing the emo rap thing um there was like him and little peep and uh, that were doing it better than anybody else at the time um but i mean we could save this for a trap trap <laughs> trap rap episode <laughs> Yeah, trapezoid, trapezoid, trapezoid. Um, but I think that, to, like I said, to answer your question, I, I don't think it's black and white for any artist. I mean, I think he certainly um, gained recognition on the quality of his music um, over time. But I'd say him dying the way he died and the mysterious nature of his life as a whole probably adds to his, you know, this character of him. Yeah. Um, the fact that you only really get to know the artist through the songs itself, it probably adds quite a bit to yeah. to his to his you know credentials absolutely um okay so he sought out sound engineer john wood to produce the album who is best known for his work with fairpoint convent fairport convention john martin cat stevens or yusef stevens Mm -hmm. and pink floyd and uh nico Mm -hmm. uh now what's really cool about that is like uh like i'm i'm a pretty big cat stevens fan i got t for the tillerman on vinyl fucking love that love pink floyd Mm -hmm. it's interesting because uh Pink Floyd is is funny because like I can I can definitely understand where the engineering yeah. is the same in T for the Tillerman and this album. <laughs> but I uh Pink Floyd really blew me away. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a curveball. So they had he had actually engineered um his first two albums as well, but he Nick wanted to just work with him alone on this album because it was his other first two albums were produced by uh, Joe Boyd um, who had discovered him. Yeah. So uh, this was strictly him and um, it was in John Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Him and John Wood did this just the two of them. Wow. Yeah. And I I think it might be the next point. They recorded in two nights. Um, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. With the studio being fully booked during the day, 
uh, Drake and Wood arrived at the studio around 11 p.m. and simply and quietly recorded half the songs. The next night, they did the same. In only two night sessions, uh, with just his voice and acoustic guitar, he created what is considered by many to be one of the most influential folk albums of all Mm -hmm. time. Which, I have to say, that's one of the things that I think I respect about this album, and one of the reasons why I like it. A lot of the albums that I like are stripped down, and it's simple, and it's like, fucking, Mm -hmm. let's just get into it. Um, it's funny because like I picked this album because of the fact that you picked, uh, yeah. like, I picked, uh, 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 house to house because of this, because they share a similarity and that it is recorded in one fucking take, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, and, and something that I really respect about singer and songwriters that do that is you can actually hear how they are as a performer, yep. not it's... as a, uh, uh, an, uh, Musician, which, which to Matt Anderson's credit, not a lot of artists do that anymore. Um, I mean, everything is even the most popular folk and indie albums are all so touched yeah. with like it's everything is edited and dude, even yeah. our favorites, yeah, fucking yeah. like uh, Bibio Bonavera, yeah. it's all like fucking like heavy. I mean, produced. some of it is done to for effect, yeah. Um, but you know, if you were trying to make a strict acoustic album nowadays, it'd still be touched up and oh, yeah. edited, and you know, not everybody can do that the way they used to do it. Record music, right? I wonder if uh, this is like a really big question, mm-hmm. but I wonder because Coulter Wall is somebody who like sounds like it's yeah. like an in the room thing. I wonder what his recording process. Yeah, he, is like. I'd say he probably doesn't fuck around. I'd yeah. say he's the same way, man. Because, like, even, like, listening to him do, like, the blacktop sessions for original 16 yeah. or whatever, he's pretty killer alive. It doesn't – there's no dif- There's no difference between that and his albums. Absolutely like, not. Yeah. It's so. Fucking incredible. Um, Go ahead. Oh, oh, no, I was just going to jump back into yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Keith Morris was commissioned to photograph Jake Drake for the cover of Pink Moon. Why would they get Drake? Oh, no. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Nick Drake. Uh, um. uh, however, the photos were not used as uh, he was his rapid because of his rapidly deteriorating appearance, hunched over finger and black blank expression uh, were not considered good selling. Points. Yeah. It's like you look too fucking disheveled and depressed. <laughs> so um, they picked that fucking uh, wicked abstract piece of art that yeah. they have. It's fucking really cool. By Michael Tereschik, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a, a, a Salvador Dali esque art. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's pretty Salvador. There's Dali. like a tooth on it, and a bunch of other stuff going on. And the the actual artist that uh, they picked the painting from is really good friends with Nick's sister, who was actually an actress. Oh shit! Yeah, she was an actress um, on a bunch of soap operas in the '70s and '80s in the UK, and um, she did a bunch of I forget her name, but she did a bunch of TV. Um, as well, so she was a pretty successful actress. Oh, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, so that was that's her cool friend. little crossover yeah. between us and them. Yeah, no, there you go. We're also successful actors. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. You're in the Jon Snow sequel I've re- series. I've retired. Okay, well, I don't think that you're retired. I think that you're just in between gigs right now. Nah, nice. Yeah, for that's a good the way past couple it. years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't been actively searching either. Okay, um, so. Although he was not outspoken in his opinion on the cover of Pink Moon, many close to him felt that he approved of the album cover. Now, about Nick Drake. Born June 19th, 1948 in Burma, Mm -hmm. he moved to England shortly after in the 50s, uh, spending his youth playing sports. Sports. Yeah. 
rugby playing, and track. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Playing piano, clarinet, and saxophone in the orchestra. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, um, one thing to touch, I didn't put it in there, is um, his dad was like some sort of civil engineer um, working for one of the UK overseas companies. And his I mom, prefer those to uncivil engineers. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> his mom was a pianist. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's there was a lot of value in art and I stuff. I'm also it, a pianist. Nice <laughs> in their family. <laughs> so that's my point. Continue, <laughs> continue on. Okay, so he began smoking cannabis, marijuana, mm-hmm. hashish. Yes. The reefer. Yes. The devil's lettuce. Yes. The green. I, I prefer the electric lettuce. The pot. Mm. Yes. The uh, uh, ganja. Your nose is like fucking really all over the microphone. The hoochie coochie. <laughs> yes. And turn yourself around. Yes. That's what it's all about. Sure is. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he began ex- uh, experimenting with psychedelics and smoking weed in university. Mm-hmm. Uh, while briefly living in France, he traveled with friends to Morocco searching for the best pot. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a fun little fact I had wow. to put in there. Yeah. There were. It was mentioned by his buddy who went traveling with. He's like, yeah, we went to Morocco because we heard they had the best pot there. So <laughs> he's like, okay, what nice. a strange place to uh, think the best pot. Would uh, be. The hash, like, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Hash is a Middle Eastern thing. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, but okay, Northern but Africa, in Africa. I know, but like Northern <laughs> Africa, Middle East, they all smoke a lot of a lot of hash. It comes, yeah, from yeah. Like that's where really. Wow. Yeah. So he was looking for the best kush. Um, It's weird that he wouldn't go to like Namibia mm, or the Congo mm, or Ethiopia. Nice. Or Zimbabwe. Nice. Or Somalia. Nice. Or Sudan. Nice. Or Kenya. Nice. Or South Africa. Nice. Or Egypt. Nice. Or Liberia. Chad. Or Chad. Or Ghana. Yeah. Or Nigeria. Yeah. I think you don't know if you said Nigeria. Or Swaziland. Swaziland. (laughs) Zimbabwe. Botswana. Botswana. <laughs> Cote d'Ivoire. Niger. Nice. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Um, anyways, uh, he he was also a heavy smoker for most of his life. Nice. He smoked a lot of pot. Um, so much pot, yeah, that like his friends said it was an ungodly amount of pot he used to smoke. Like, it was concerning the amount of pot he used to smoke. <laughs> enough to mention it like it's sad that 40 he years later live in a time where he could have experienced shatter yeah no he, he, he yeah <laughs> yeah yeah maybe 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 you know someone could have warned him <laughs> if i go back in time i'll tell you all this be like nick like just wait bro the weed gets so much, so much better. better yeah and maybe he would have lived you and never know it even gets legal in a lot of places uh-huh uh-huh You'll be able to smoke till your heart's content, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. he needed to have a content heart. But it makes sense why he was smoking so much weed, uh, because he lived in the UK and they have dirt weed. So it does yeah. make sense why he had to smoke large quantities. Honestly, still in the UK. Well, yeah. Like, even now, I can't yeah. imagine in fucking 1970s. See, like, Siobhan and I were thinking about moving to the UK, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, like, it's not even that I'm a big weed smoker, but I'm like... I like to smoke like once a month, you know, yeah. I like to like go to the store, get get yeah. a fucking vape pen and be like, all right, cool. This is what I'm doing tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch a few shitty movies. Yeah. Uh, I am kind of sad how few countries weed is legal in <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's like, ah, oh, that limits where I can enjoy myself. But you'll be fine. You'll live. They still have weed over there. That's true. Um, yeah. I just don't like breaking rules. Mm-hmm. 
Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't. I literally hate breaking rules. Honest to God, it, once weed became legal, it took me a long fucking time to stop being anxious about smoking weed because I, I honestly was so worried that I was breaking the law every time. No, never bothered me. See, it's so weird. It bothered me all the time. Dude, when we lived in Toronto, uh, if we would smoke on the on the back deck, yeah, I'd be so to, fucking yeah, paranoid. I know you used to I'd be so out. fucking yeah, no, paranoid. I, I could give less of a fuck. I hate, the, like, I hate the thought of getting in trouble. It scares me more than anything. Mm. Mm. Actually, death scares me more than anything. Yeah, fair but, enough. You know, getting fair in enough. trouble is a close second. Fair enough. Uh, okay, so he was <laughs> discovered while playing small gigs in and around Cambridge University where he studied English by Ash- Ashley Hutchings. Uh, bassist for the band Fairport Convention. Uh, Hutchings introduced him to uh, American producer Joe Boyd, who was the owner uh, uh, of the production and management company Witch Season Productions, which at the time was licensed to Island Records. Mm -hmm. And Boyd took a liking to Nick. And after hearing a second recorded demo, offered him a record contract. So Nick was like, fuck it, I'm dropping out of college. Yep. Going to go pursue this music full time. Mm -hmm. Me and him can relate on that. Yeah. I also dropped out of <laughs> university mm-hmm. to pursue music full time. Nice. Uh, he released two albums in the following years to limited success, Five Leaves Left and uh, Brighter Later. Uh, Brighter Later is probably my favorite, honestly. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that album. Um, he scarcely did interviews or press, as we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of a mystery, and there's only uh, footage of him from his childhood. Um, leading up to Pink Moon's recording and after its release, his mental health deteriorated significantly. He was suffering from nervous breakdowns and being hospitalized. Uh, his mental health declined, uh, and his physical appearance also declined, often looking unkempt and disheveled. He was noted as being unrecognizable when he dropped off the master recordings for Pink Moon at Island Records. Yeah. Wow. So there's, there's, there's a bit of a myth, too, with... Nick Cave in this album that he like dropped it off and the master recordings in a paper bag and left it at reception and he pieced. Apparently that's not true. Um, that's just like a like a folk tale that he did. He actually went and delivered. So you're saying it's folklore? Yeah, yes, it's folklore. Um, so he evermore <laughs> midnights. I'm, t- I'm turning red. Um, <laughs> anyways, you uh, do when sparks fly. Yeah, mm. that was fearless. Yeah, that was fearless. Okay. Go back to 1989. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm well ruining done. my reputation. Mm. <laughs> I am a lover. Mm. You know way more Taylor Swift than I do. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Um, anyways. Sound of the Seasons, the holiday collection. <laughs> Graduation. Late registration. <laughs> Nick Drake. Um, he, uh, anyways, this tale, yeah, like he. Headlines. Supposedly he, he dropped Hotline off. Hotline bling. I'm gonna fucking murder you. <laughs> um. Anyways, God's plan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Can you wait until March 14th? Uh, <laughs> it's okay. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Mm. Mm. Take care. Yeah. Degrassi. 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 <laughs> The next generation. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Netflix. Netflix. Blockbuster. Mm. Attack on the Block. (laughs) Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Hot Fuzz. (laughs) Simon Pegg. 
Pegging. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Ray. Ray. Moon. Pink Moon. Nick oh, Drake. Oh, well done. Oh, man. Well, well done. Full circle. Well Everything's done. connected. Uh, after the breakdown, he was prescribed a large amount of antidepressants mm-hmm. and moved back into his parents' house. He's quoted in a letter describing how he felt at the time. I don't like it at home. I can't stand it anywhere else. He'd disappear from his parents' house and arrive unexpectedly at friends' places to crash for a few days, only to disappear again. Yeah, which is like kind of a dick move. No, that is a dick move. Yeah, I'd be like, he'd just show up. He'd leave his parents' house, show up to his and be like, oh, can I like crash on your couch? Supposedly he wouldn't really say much either. He'd just like fucking smoke. Oh, that's a funny. hang on the couch, and then he'd just fucking disappear again. That's annoying. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know what's funny, though, is like I kind of used to uh, just dip from yeah. places, and people would be like, where did Spencer go? And people would be like, Dude, where were you? I was like, oh, I went home. I just, I would Irish goodbye, but I wouldn't say goodbye to anybody. That is the Irish goodbye. I know, but um, like, usually you say like to one person that you're leaving so that people no. know that you're going, and I just didn't. You just disappear. Just disappear. Yeah. Anyways, during the early hours of November 25th, 1974, yes. Nick Drake died at his home mm-hmm. from an overdose of. Don't have to attempt it. It's just an antidepressant. Amitriptyline. Yeah. What the f- Do you take amitriptyline? No, I just <laughs> He overdosed from an antidepressant. Yeah. Because he was depressed. Yeah. And he wanted to kill himself. Yeah. So he took too much happy. Yeah. And died. Yeah. That's, That's- fucked. Yeah, he he overdosed on the fucking antidepressant. Yeah. Wow. So according to his father, Rodney, Mhm. Rodney Drake. Rodney Drake. Rodney Drake. Uh, Nick's body was first discovered by their housemate. Mm-hmm. He's rich, by the way. Yeah. What did he have to be depressed about? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Yeah. I know that's not how it works. Uh, I'm trying to make well, a point. He he felt like a failure as a musician, and then he had, you know, chemical imbalances in his brain. No, I, I totally get that, and I was just trying to make a joke. Everyone. I know. I, I, I get that. I Look, I'm on antidepressants right now, and, mm. and my life is going fucking awful. So I, I understand. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> No, mine, mine. Unlike his suicide attempt, your joke was unsuccessful. Uh, 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 you're killing like the, Nick did. Uh, this, this is, in fact, very sad. This is sad. Um, uh, the coroner concluded that the cause of death was suicide. Yeah. And although the verdict has been disputed by some of his friends and members of his family, there is widely held view that, accidental or not, Drake had, at that point, given up on life. Yeah. Um, there was no suicide note. Okay, that I actually have a problem with, and I have to say this uh, because, like, um, no, no, no. But like, I'm I'm saying this uh, as somebody who has attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is getting dark. We'll probably we're gonna add a stinger at the start of the episode. Probably have say, to now. Yeah, we, we fucking talk about some dark shit. But okay, I I have attempted suicide multiple times. Obviously unsuccessful. Thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Every time though, I wrote a note. Yeah. The reason was is because I was like. Even though I feel like I would be better off not existing right now, I know that the people closest to me are going to have so many questions. Yeah. And I didn't want anybody to have any questions or to blame See, themselves or think about, like, what could have been or anything like that. Right? That that makes sense. Um, 
I, there with with him specifically, there is the idea that it could have been accidental as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like something that was touched on. Yeah, it could have been an accident. And the other thing is too, and I I will say if it was an accident, it would make sense because like I have at times forgotten my medication like forgotten to take my medication Mm -hmm. and this is one of the things that happens when you're on antidepressants sometimes you forget that you've already taken your uh, medication so you sometimes double or triple up by accident yeah so imagine he's smoking a fuck ton of pot Mm -hmm. and he also is uh you know uh dealing with that shit right and and then forgets to take it he i could easily see that especially because back then the drugs Far less safeguards, mm-hmm. far higher potency in terms of milligrams. Yeah. Um, and so it would be super easy to overdose. Yeah, like whether or not it was an accident or not, I think they're like I put that quote in from his dad. Um, well, not from his dad, but just from his friends all saying that, yeah, like even though it could have been an accident or not, he had clearly, very clearly given up on life. Yeah. Like he had lost his ambition to play music he had no real interest in hanging around with his friends or having meaningful relationships with anybody um you know he was just wasting his days away so at the end of the day accident or not it's still he was not in a good place yeah Yeah. now uh apart from not having a suicide note there was a letter Mm -hmm. this is the interesting part yeah on his nightstand ride has been described by drake's biographer as the nearest thing to a girlfriend in his life who a week prior to his death had cut ties with Nick stating she needed space and could not cope with the relationship any longer. Mm -hmm. So she didn't view them having any sort of romantic. She's been quoted saying that there was nothing romantic going on and there's no real evidence that like Nick ever really engaged in any romantic relationships with anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, this, yeah, this was, they met in like 1968 in London and they had been friends for X amount of years. But yeah, the week prior to his death, she was like, no, I can't deal with you anymore. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, which I mean, by the sounds of it, he was one of those types of people that was so depressed that it probably sucked away from a lot of people around him. And toxic for everyone around at the same time. Um, Okay, so his career began at 19 and ended at 26 with his death. Although being shy, he made many friends throughout his life, but similarly, they all felt distant from him. Uh, he's remaining mysterious. Uh, remaining mysterious with them, his friends recounted not fully knowing him. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, and the the weirdest part about the whole thing is at his funeral, many of his friends met for the first time his parents like met a bunch of new people they'd never even heard of before wow. um they said there was like 50 or 60 people there that were like they never recognized or never Dude, knew sam farted again. yeah sam, sam at it again <laughs> sam at it okay. again metro booming make it boom <laughs> <laughs> i lick it boom boom now <laughs> but sam uh, is farting and he's sitting on the case <laughs> that is what he's doing Make a boom boom now. <laughs> in fata. <laughs> in fata. Zam's cheeks are potter. <laughs> he farts. <laughs> he farts a lot on now. <laughs> His asshole kind of goes like this. It goes toot toot toot. Toot 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 toot. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Sam ate all Sam the beans the in the cupboard. <laughs> he ate all the beans. <laughs> Sam farter. <laughs> This is why I like the podcast. We can go from having a deep conversation about suicide to laughing at Sam farting. Oh, fucking uh, hell. God bless. God bless. I think that's why uh, the people that listen to us... I, okay, I've had multiple people come up to me and say that they listen to us 
because they have ADHD and we fit them so well. And I was like, I feel so good about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Uh, or like or like the fucking uh, GTA car racing uh, cars. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Mike. Um, Everything's falling apart here. I it's know. all going to shit ever since Sam farted. I know. Fuck. Uh, fuck. fuck. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, rest in peace, Nick Drake. It's a sad life. Uh, we make we, we make some jokes here and there, but I mean, it is a sad existence. What no, it is super him. sad. And like, yeah. and, and I mean, like I said, uh, you know, we have the stinger at the start for a reason. Uh, and we do we do joke often to yeah um you know because it's our way of coping with difficult topics because it's not always easy talking about these and, things and like I'll be honest too like the way that I deal with literally everything is through humor yeah like that's and uh you know I uh going back to comedy for a second and uh y- you know like my process with that like I I have jokes about uh mm-hmm. my mental health I have jokes about uh race related issues when it comes to like indigenous communities. Cause like I live in this fucking world where I have the relations, but I don't look it, you know, yeah. I have, I have a lot of jokes that are like very, uh, dark. Yeah. Uh, but the reason that I do that is because I feel like the best way to start a discussion about something is to point out how fucking insane it mm-hmm. is. Uh, I, I agree. And, and nonetheless, like anybody that's listening, I'm sure there's people out there who struggle with similar things that we've struggled with and that, you know, lots of I feel of like anybody with. who listens to our podcast <laughs> wants to kill themselves. So I sometimes, totally yeah. It. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes doing it, I want to kill myself. Um, but, you know. It, before you, will. you will now. Yeah, um, but, I mean, if you are genuinely going through something, like, please seek the proper help because – like life's like this, like yeah, like it's tough to talk about it because it's just fucking sad and tragic. Yeah, the, this guy was so immensely full of potential, and you know he clearly created art that impacted people. And yeah, you know he was so fucked up and upset with his life and where he was at in his life, and he obviously didn't go about it in the best way, and he ended up dying. So please, if you're out there and you you know are going through something, seek seek help. Because and with that being said, that's a good transition into our ad sponsor this week, BetterHelp. <laughs> BetterHelp. Are, are you like me and you like to talk about your feelings, but you don't want to go outside of yeah. your house to do so? Well, that's where BetterHelp comes in. <laughs> BetterHelp, it was horrible. Yeah, I've yeah. heard. Worst ever. They also... Dude, I didn't know I was your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Better help. There was some shit from Georgia, like the state. Oh, no, and then she fucking sounded awful, too. Yeah, Thank God it was in Georgia the country. <laughs> <laughs> You're now connecting with Svetlana from Tbilisi. Uh, <laughs> Every Nice. Oh my god. That guy's on TikTok. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah the whole, every time he shows up, he reminds me of my shitty. <laughs> <laughs> That's depressing. Finney's Furb's a good show. It's, it's also really funny because uh, BetterHelp actually underpays the people that, like oh, yeah, the therapist. There's so much controversy outside yeah. so of it. They will uh, officially never be a sponsor of the podcast. No. 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 Uh, so go anywhere but, but BetterHelp. Better help. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what's better help than better help? What? The Nick Drake method. <laughs> yeah. Oh my 
god. Do we have to make some edits in this episode? <laughs> Jesus fuck. Okay. Um, the reception of this album. No. Okay. So we're gonna go into the reception. Obviously, yes. I'm just making jokes. It's all, yes. Uh, yes. The reception of this album. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't want to get sued. Um, you might. The reception. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. This is so off the rails. I love I it. I know. Um, uh, initially selling uh, less than five thousand copies yep. in its first release and receiving mixed reviews from critics. Over time, it changed. Rolling Stone, All Music, Pitchfork, and Uncut all gave it perfect scores. Mm-hmm. It's been listed on countless top albums of all times list, and it's been cited as inspiration for such artists as Kate Bush, The Cure, R.E.M., Beck, and countless more. Uh, album has gone gold in the U.K., sold over 300,000 copies in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was as of 2004. And another weird thing I saw, too, that it sold like 200,000 copies in Italy. Which is <laughs> a little strange. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because he lived there. No, he never lived in Italy. Yeah, he did. No, he lived in France. Didn't he live in Italy? No, he lived in France. Uh, scroll up here. He lived in Burma. Uh, he did he live in Italy? No. Literally. I wrote the episode. I'm telling you, he didn't did fucking he live. live in Italy. No, he lived in France. Uh Oh, no. Fucking Matt Anderson toured Italy. Yeah. That was... Nah. Yeah. We had two. You could have just trusted me because, you know, I wrote the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, like, I, I, I'm going to say this. What I think is really impressive is when you write the episodes, you remember literally everything that you oh, wrote. Yeah. You're like fucking, uh, what's his name from Suits, who has, like, the photographic <laughs> oh, memory. Mike? where You just <laughs> yeah. you look at one document and you're just like, oh, actually, section 34B. Uh, it's fucking hilarious because I'm like, I'm the reader guy. I like your riffs. And then I'll fucking play off of that. Yeah. But when you write the episode, I'm always just like, I'll get two words in, and then I'm just like, all right, Aaron's going to talk Aaron's about it. Aaron's already said it, yeah. He's I, already it's said weird, it. man. I, I do have a weird memory for that shit. No, you have a really good memory for it, and it's it's actually really impressive. Um, All right, so both of these albums, I would say check out. Yes. Uh, they've both, uh, like, the, the for very different reasons, but also very similar reasons. They're both mm-hmm. singer-songwriters, uh, 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 excellent production, but low... Uh, like low effects or anything. Yeah, you know, like it's that. uh it's very stripped down good music. Yeah. I mean, Nick Drake, this album's a great fucking winter album. Yeah. Uh I mean, if you're in the in the dumps a little bit, so also a good listen. It's a um, it's a good listen and then I would say like House to House, uh you want to hear the saddest song uh that I've heard le- recently, listen to the Other Side of Goodbye. Mm. That song uh made me cry recently nice uh because one of my friends <laughs> is moving across the country oh i didn't know uh, that. with uh their partner oh and i didn't know that and then i oh. found out secondhand oh and it made me very sad that is sad and then i heard other side of goodbye and i was like <laughs> that is sad it was bad it's all good though i'm gonna yeah. fucking give them tickets when i go out nice. on tour there nice. speaking of uh before we end the episode yes um, I got a lot of dates to plug. Uh, okay, so this week uh, I'm in Okotoks, Cochrane, and Calgary Nice. Um, with Taproom. And then uh, middle of March I'm in Airdrie, uh, also a Taproom gig. That one's with Todd Ness. Early March it's with Lori, uh, Lori Gibbs and Lisa Baker, who are both amazing comics. Mm-hmm. Todd Ness is an amazing comic. Uh the 20th to the 22nd of April, I am at the Laugh Shop in Calgary, nice. opening for Mo Mandel. And then I'm going on tour. Uh, I will be releasing the dates very soon with, like, ticket links and everything. But so far, what I've got lined up, uh, Drumheller, Red Deer, Invermere, uh, Kelowna, 
Swift Current, Medicine Hat, Victorian, yeah, Nanaimo, C- Campbell River, Port Alberni. Uh, uh, I think there's uh, uh, Saskatoon in there as well. Uh, fuck ton of places. So if you like the podcast and you want a sticker, because I'm going to order even more before Woo! the tour, uh, come on out. I'll give you fucking stickers. Uh, I will never charge for them. I hate when comics charge for stickers. Nice. I, I'm willing to eat the bill on that one. All we ask is just fucking stick it on somewhere where people stick can see it. Stick it on somewhere it. where yeah. people see it. Stick yeah. it on your water bottle. Stick it on your laptop. Our, our fucking new logo is nice. Our, our the new, other sticker's yeah. fucking cool. The other sticker uh, is good for like small things like your phone or your water mm-hmm. bottle. The, the other sticker, uh, the bigger one that's good for your laptop yeah. or like uh back window of your car too yeah fucking great places or put either of them in the bathroom of your favorite dive bar yeah fuck actually yeah. that's the best way of doing it that um, will help us out yeah no yeah in the urinal actually a, yeah try great hit target the center yeah. of the fucking record it's a great, <laughs> it's a great target no um yeah that's awesome about your tour man i didn't yeah. know that that's fucking wicked congratulations it's gonna be fun and it's my headlining tour too so yeah, uh dude. that's gonna be interesting i'm gonna get my hour uh, like I have my hour of material, but I'm going to really refine it in that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, after that, I'm taking the summer completely off. I'm nice. not, um, I, I've been working hard the first like half of the year so that this summer I can do things like enjoy folk fest and go mountain biking and go fucking caving. We can have beers in the park. Fuck yeah. Uh, so it's just going to be the podcast and tea house this summer. And nice. I'm totally okay with that. I do not want to be busy after a certain point this year. Cause <laughs> Good I've job, man. been fucking stupid. That's busy. cool. That's uh, that's awesome. Once again, congratulations on the tour. It's pretty fucking cool. Heck yeah. Cheers. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of misfits on vinyl. Uh, hope you have a good one. Anal contusions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Misfits on Vinyl, hosted by Spencer Streichert and me, Aaron Walsh, and of course produced by Sam Sam the Tech Man, Sam Lindsay. If you like us, please rate us, subscribe to us, share us. Our socials are Misfits on Vinyl Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to send us an email with any suggestions or criticisms, uh, we love that shit, so send it away. It's misfitsonvinyl at gmail.com. We love you guys. Thank you.